0: The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP radio.com. The Podcast Precinct consistency, creativity, culture. Keep my uterus out your motherfucking mouth!
1: No promises. Damn, that's scary.
0: Yeah, so I think everybody knows by now is that damn that scary is actually on the road. We're performing dates all across this fine nation, that and is we ended up. Yeah, we ended up in Intercourse, Pennsylvania, my favorite city. And I had to do a solo show because uh, Greg came down with the old vid. Yeah, he got the COVID. Knew uh, it was he... sexually transmitted. I did, cause I gave it to you. <laughs> so I'm on stage at Intercourse, and lo and behold. Some fucking asshole jumps up
1: and tackles me. Uh I saw that. I I was watching on the TV.
0: Yeah, it actually turns out that it was Tom Jones.
1: (laughs) That doesn't surprise me one bit. He's like that. He totally is like that. That's what I've been saying this whole time. He's literally the reason I usually avoid... the reason I came down with COVID legitimately when we went to Intercourse, and Pennsylvania.
0: And now I feel like Tom Jones sniffed me out because you and I were on the road together. We're sleeping together in this trailer. And Tom Jones, he, he sniffed you out.
1: And I, I don't know if he thought it was you. Like a but truffle I mean, pig. Yeah, but I don't look like you. So I think it was just instinct. You know, he's not exactly known for his sense of smell. I could see him making that mistake pretty fucking easily. The guys that, uh, our, our boys that,
0: that beat him off, uh, actually, oh, Jesus up, Christ, up. Greg, this, this bit fucking
1: sucks, dude.
0: Just
1: terrible. You know, we don't always need a, like, an opening bit, do we? We just kind of like... Uh, when did we start doing opening bits anyways? Like, I feel like it was around episode 60. And when did they start being just completely oriented around current events? I mean, these episodes always come out a week fucking later than this shit happens anyway. Then it's old news, because the internet makes it old news. Honestly, it's bullshit. Uh, this show ain't no good. So why don't we just get right into it? Hey, everybody. We're... Damn! Damn. Damn. That's... That's Scary! scary. (laughs) Micah's here with his hat.
0: I'm Micah. I'm coming out of Reno, Nevada. Greg... Say hi to the fans.
1: Some of them like to rhyme, but they can't rhyme like this. Hi. Uh, yep. I'm the Miggity Miggity Mac, and this is Damn that Scare. <laughs> Thank God. Coming at Ooh. you again from sweet, sweet Intercourse, <laughs> Pennsylvania, where we are currently <laughs> staying in a trailer ass to ass.
0: Just like the way the Christians intended it to be. We, uh, Everyone that joined us last week, you know that we concluded our March of, March the, Penguins of the Penguins
1: two-month fiasco. Ish. In we moved on to a new special theme just for the month of May or should I say Mom- Mom- May May Mom- can I go out and, l- and live in a pyramid tonight Oh, oh! I'm I- trying to make it work you know
0: Hey you know what dude we can make it work we can make it work Greg how was your week my
1: friend Honestly it was a little rough I spent the <laughs> I spent the weekend face down in a trailer praying that Tom Jones would uh, Respect my restraining order.
0: I think laying face down, respecting uh, that Tom Jones may or may not use lubrication. In retrospect, um,
1: face down may have been a poor choice.
0: What's new, Pussycat?
1: He floats in like Pepe Le Pew when he's got this
0: <laughs> scent. I heard his
1: forehead bump off the fucking door several times. Like a stormtrooper.
2: What's new, whoa, whoa, whoa!
1: Tom, stop,
0: please. Well, unlike my friend Greg that got brutally raped repeatedly by Tom hey, no. Jones, I had myself a fantastic week. For those uh, avid listeners of the show, you know that Greg and I are the hosts, but we do have some reoccurring characters. Correct. One of them happens to be our lord and savior, Glenn. <laughs>
2: dancing.
0: i
1: dancing, All yeah. right. Uh,
0: I had a chance to see Glenn live in concert. And And I I am so jealous. I wish you were there. I know at the same time that I was seeing Glenn, you were seeing Sponge. Yeah, you know, same
1: deal, really, right? I mean, just as good. No. I would so much rather have been seeing Glenn dancing. Uh...
0: I would have so much rather you seeing Glenn dancing with me.
1: Uh, I would like to take a moment just to shout out a local buffalo band called hearts and hand grenades who opened for him they were fucking fantastic uh anyone who's listening go on spotify check them out especially from buffalo support local music give them a listen they're hearts and
0: hand grenades are a fantastic local band in buffalo new york and i know they uh they i think they went on tour across the country recently and as greg mentioned if you check them out on spotify they have a bunch of original music they were better than sponge that night
1: i know it's tough it's it's tough to do but Hey, I'm just kidding. Did, I love Sponge. Did,
0: did Hearts and Hand Grenades do the song for uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4?
1: They, they did New York Groove, and it was fucking perfect. <laughs>
0: sure, I thought it was a little odd, but you know. Ace would have been proud. But yeah, dude, so dancing was phenomenal, but mm-hmm. my god, I cannot stress this enough. The guy is like... Fat? Like, I could put him in a in my pocket. Glenn? I could put Glenn in my pocket... Walk around all day and feed him m ms Even now? Yeah, I don't know. That gut is pretty big.
1: (laughs) It's a barrier for entry, I would think.
0: (laughs) Dancing is 67 years old and his arms are bigger than mine. He throws a lot of
1: bricks. Throws a lot of bricks. (laughs) Fuck you, Todd!
0: Oh!
1: Quick question. Yes. Did he play mother? (laughs) No, but he played father. Fuck. Yep. That's my favorite song. Oh,
0: and also I would like to point out that this week, the episode of our, our dear friends over at the slashers podcast, podcast. I actually was a guest co-host on the show.
1: Guest co-host, AKA a prostitute
0: or (laughs) sex worker. Hello. Oh, I'm sorry. God damn it. But yeah, guys go check out. The new episode of the Slashers podcast, we actually cover Jason Statham's 2018 masterpiece, The Meg.
1: I love all of them except that one guy, but I'll never tell who it is.
0: Probably Milhouse. I don't like him either. Milhouse. But yeah, anyways, over at the Slashers podcast, they're doing Shark Week.
1: We're doing mummy. Listen to both of us. Have yourselves a good time. Maybe we'll do some kind of crossover involving a mummy shark. How cool would that be? Has there been a mummy shark yet? There's
0: gotta be, right? I mean there's a plethora of shark movies. There might be too many shark movies actually. I heard about that. You know there's a movie called Octo Shark? You know there's a movie called Tarantula Shark? You know there's a movie called Snow Shark. I'm in that. I
2: think you're cool.
0: Really? You're in Snow Shark? Did you know there's a movie called Avalanche Shark? You know there's a movie called Two-Headed Shark? Did you know there's a movie called Sharktopus? Do you know there's a movie called The Shark Takes Manhattan? Did you know there's a movie called Deep Blue Sharks? Do you know there's a movie called The Shark Revelations? Uh, I have heard of the Sharks of Mars. Did you hear of the Shark Bloodlines? How about
1: Evil Shark? Did you hear of uh, M. Night Shyamalan's The Sixth Shark? I haven't heard of that one, but I have heard of M. Night Shyamalan's The Sharkening. Shark in the Box. Shark of the Dead. Too Wong Shark, Thanks for Everything Julie Newmar. Friday the Shark The Princess Shark. Shark Master 3. Shark Knight. Alfred Sharkcox The Sharks. Jackie Shark. Much ado about sharks. Resharkinator. My big fat shark wedding. No shark for old men. Four Makos and a hammerhead. Reservoir Sharks. Sharkless in Seattle. Wild Wild Shark. Shark Hawk Day. Legally shark. Ten things I hate about sharks. Legally shark. West Side Shark. Legally shark. Twilight. Breaking sharks. Twilight Legally Shark. Nanny McShark. 13 going on shark. The 40 year old
0: shark. But who could forget the classic from Francis, Francis shark, shark Coppola's Coppola. the, the Shark, shark Father. Father
1: Part, part 3. During L. Shark and Marlon Grand Shark. Shark.
0: Shark. Shark. I think I just sharked in my pants. Oh!
1: Sharks are funny animals. If you flip them upside down, they just die. <laughs> <laughs> it's not oh as easy as it God. sounds.
0: Greg, did you happen to check out Doctor Doctor Strange Love or uh, Doctor Doctor Who? Or whatever the fuck is out in theaters right now, done by Sam Raimi.
1: Doctor Strange, the movie.
0: Yeah, Sam Raimi did that.
1: Oh, that's great to hear. But no, I didn't see it yet.
0: Of course, we all know Bruce Campbell has a cameo in it. But I guess after the credits, Bruce Campbell has another cameo. Sam Raimi was actually in an interview recently, and he wants to tackle a Stephen King novel. Okay. Yeah, he wants to turn this old Stephen King novel into a movie. Have you ever heard of the Policeman Library?
1: No. Me either. I've read a good amount of Stephen King's work, but I missed that one somehow.
0: Actually, I I have know nothing about the Policeman Library, but apparently it's one of uh Sam Raimi's favorite Stephen King stories, okay. and uh, he's in the process of attempting to turn this into a motion picture. I trust that actually... he
1: could do that better than pretty much anyone else. I'm down for it.
0: Honestly, yeah, and also there's a huge buzz going on right now now that Sam Raimi is kind of back doing like big blockbusters and stuff about a dark man reboot soft oh, reboot oh my god they don't want to retcon anything they That's kind okay. of want to like keep it going i mean liam neeson i told you i would find you i think a couple years back liam neeson was in an interview talking about how he would like to
1: reprise the role as the titular dark man yes we spoke on the phone two days ago i'm a yeah, big fan of the first dark man second one's okay but did you watch the third one Do you think I he's mean, still second... dark in that one you think he's still a man i mean anything could happen really honestly yeah no
0: wait was Liam Neeson in the third one you don't remember me
1: so I'm pretty sure the first Darkman came out in 1990
0: yeah it totally came out in 1990 then five years later Darkman 2 came out but Liam mm-hmm. Neeson didn't play as Darkman it was actually the the guy who was the fucking mummy
1: oh you mean Arnold Voslo
0: yeah that guy it was around that time where like Liam Neeson actually kind of blew up after Dark Man. He wasn't uh, he wasn't up for another B movie, I guess.
1: It was a couple of years still before he became taken Liam Neeson where his real potential was fulfilled.
0: Oh, where we found out that Liam Neeson is like an action star
1: That he could just destroy foreigners with his fists in an effort to reclaim family members.
0: He might be the only thing that could uh, uh, save Ukraine right now, actually.
1: I don't know why we're not just sending him over right now. Because we need a new
0: Darkman movie, Greg Craig.
1: Oh, okay, he's indisposed. Yeah, and I don't want
0: the Billy Zane-looking mummy guy to reprise the role as Darkman. I want Liam
1: Neeson to be Darkman. So what you're saying is Sam Raimi is personally responsible for the fact that the war in Ukraine is not wrapping up in a timely fashion. <laughs>
0: i mean i'm not blaming anybody but <laughs> by yeah, taking off dark man's it's time def- definitely <laughs>
1: <laughs> we could be done already
0: exactly and all man's those busy. tax
1: dollars that are going to war could instead be going to whores Sex workers.
0: Oh. But yeah, that would be pretty exciting to see a new Dark Darkman. Uh, mm-hmm. It would be very exciting to see Sam Raimi work on a Stephen King film. I love that yep. Sam Raimi is kind of back in the picture right now. As a matter of fact, Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi, they both said that the new Evil Dead movie, Evil Dead Rise,
1: rise! rise!
0: is going to be terrifying. And I completely trust them because they said that the 2013 Evil Dead movie was going to be good. And if it has Bruce and Sam still of approval, ha <laughs> ha, well, then it gots this, guys.
1: I agree. Combine that with the pedigree of a Fade. And you've got a winning combination right there. Fade has nothing to do with this one. I'm talking about the 2013
0: one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That, no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, that, yeah, no, that, yeah, no, that, yeah, no, that one. Yeah, that one's incredible. This yeah. new one isn't Fade.
1: I know. I was I, talking about the 2013 I, one. I, I realized. I Remember, that remember no, when right. you brought that up? The time that I remember you, when I brought that you up. You mentioned that? Yeah. I remember that. I was responding to that. That's the Fede. Yeah. Our hero. Our lord and savior. A Fede of
0: Absolutely. Well, Greg, I know you're a real big fan of the Conjuring universe. True. Because as you said
1: before, there's no rules in the Blumhouse, right? Because I've been hit in the head with a hammer many times in my life. Oh boy, do I love a good Conjuring Universe movie. Also, give me a second. I got to finish up eating this box of crayons.
0: I have to finish shoving all these nails up my dickhole.
1: Me and my friend Daniel Day Lewis are just going to go do a finger painting real quick. <laughs>
0: I love eating ants,
1: and I love Conjuring movies. So, yeah, I, I know your favorite
0: guy in the whole universe, James Wan. I am a verified Wanamaniac. Yes, that's true. Wanamaniacs run wild, Daddy. And we are coming out with a nun sequel which is going to take place in 1956. Oh, retro. Yeah, sure. These movies suck. That's about all the time I'm going to spend on this shit.
1: I agree. I actually do not intend to see that movie.
0: I probably will because I'm a co-host of a very successful podcast. Well, you're a
1: responsible Uh, journalist, I think. uh, Um,
0: Responsible. I'm so responsible that I'm going to go see that fucking Pete Davidson movie, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. I come from the
1: old school of journalism where... I'm going to spend that hour and a half drinking whiskey and smoking cigars, and then I'm just going to make some shit up. How's that sound? I'll follow your lead. No, no, no. no, no. Then... One of us needs the facts. You're going to have to actually do some work.
2: No!
1: In other news of uh, news that we don't give a shit about,
0: but we're just filling time, there is an I Am Legend 2 in the works right now. And I read up on this, Greg. Craig, I know you're excited to see a sequel to the 2007
1: I Am Legend. I want to know which member of the Smith family is going to be starring in this one. Uh, Jada. Yeah, because I feel like right now, Jada is much more of a celebrity legend than uh, any of the other ones.
0: G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it.
1: Will Smith is literally slapping people to stay relevant. That's the state of the Smith family right now.
0: (laughs) Oh, Oh, okay. I mean, he wasn't even in the Independence Day sequel, but...
1: Although... Not to be insensitive to her crippling situation. Okay. But Jada might be able to play one of those fucking monsters. <laughs> from- <laughs> Without really applying a whole lot
2: of makeup, if you get what I'm saying. Keep my white
1: vegetables out your fucking mouth. So the whole plot of the film might actually just be Will versus a ton of Jada's. What do you want about? Why don't you just eat your fucking vegetables? It's going to be a sequel, so there may be a point where there's no ammunition left in uh the island of manhattan so he's just going to have to slap them all the death <laughs> wow dude <laughs> maybe well, that's per- what else, maybe this is all a long term marketing strategy for the new i am legend movie maybe will you think is just chris, fucking chris rock is going to be in this too he's got to be yeah maybe he's in on it maybe he's going to uh, be will's wacky sidekick uh-oh. that I makes did- <laughs> uh makes awkward suggestions and gets his mouth slapped every is once this in a while some
0: kind of weird buddy cop thing
1: <laughs> i hope so oh my god
0: i hope so Well, uh, Michael B. Jordan is also cast in the movie. Oh, well, he's
1: not really going to fit into this. No, not at all. I don't know where he comes from. I think depending Uh, on how uh, Chris Rock's lawsuit pans out, he may be taking the role of Michael B. Jordan. (laughs) God, I hope so. But in all uh... seriousness, it actually sounds like uh, Michael B. Jordan is going to be playing the Will Smith part, I would assume.
0: No. No. Here's the thing, dude. You know, at the end of I Am Legend, Will Smith blows himself up, and it was so unnecessary. He didn't have to do that. I've always uh, thought
1: that. Yeah, it, it was a completely unnecessary self-sacrifice.
0: All he had to do was throw it and then leave.
1: That's kind I, of what grenades I, are for, right? That's what they're designed
0: yeah. for. Are you, I don't think he understood how they work. It's like you don't have to hold it for it to blow up. You drop it, throw it.
1: See, I'm just, I'm basing this entirely on common sense here. I don't know what they train you. In the military, I was never uh, a part of that whole scene. <laughs> but I'm thinking if I have an explosive anything in my hand, <laughs> you probably want to give it a little toss, right? Like, uh... Whoa,
0: whoa, whoa. What if it's my cock?
1: Maybe it is a cock.
0: Nice one. So, Greg, apparently they are retconning the ending to I Am Legend that Will Smith didn't get blown up with everybody, yep. that apparently he pulled the pin of the grenade and then realized that all these creatures were uh what's the word i'm looking for intelligent beings
1: uh, married think. to him
0: apparently they could all think for themselves and, uh, sure. and he learns how to control them he put the pin back in the grenade so they're retconning can you do the that? Ending.
1: you can repin a grenade
0: I saw it in MacGyver. You could totally repin a grenade. It does sound like a pretty decent retcon, though. It sounds like a pretty decent retcon.
1: If they were going to retcon it, why wouldn't they just have him not pull the pin in the first place? Like, why are they going to have him (laughs)
0: pull it and then put it back in? (laughs) Just have him not pick up the grenade. Uh, The worst part about that fucking movie is the 10-minute-long scene of him explaining... Watching Shrek? explaining the importance of bob marley to this character that no one gave a fuck about that showed up in the third
1: act i hope someone got slapped in the mouth for that one (laughs) whoa Uh, to the actor who agrees to work with will smith in the future they're gonna have to put it in their contracts you're agreeing to receive no less than five but no more than 10 slaps to the face throughout the course of this production it's gonna get weird yes absolutely also, 95% sure that Jada is going to start dating Michael B. Jordan fuck, 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 fuck. by the time that movie wraps. They're not going to date,
0: Greg. It's going to be an entanglement.
1: <laughs> They're going to get entangled with one another and possibly a third party by the time that movie wraps. Fuck, fuck, fuck.
0: That's fine. Are you ready to apologize, my friend?
1: Yeah, sorry, Jada. <laughs> oh, I can, oh, okay.
0: Well, here's that little segment we do every week called The Apology Corner. I don't know, maybe you heard it. I think it caught on this again greg i'll take it away first buddy oh oh, thank you matt i want to take a moment to apologize for our insensitivity last week towards shutter's new motion picture the sadness now you may be asking yourself what are you apologizing for you guys put it over pretty hard you said how awesome it was going to be and it's this we said this was a japanese zombie movie it's not a Japanese zombie movie. It's actually Taiwanese. And also, apparently, this movie is based on a graphic novel. And uh, apparently was pretty popular, and Greg and I just aren't nerdy enough to know that.
1: Honestly, because this is the Apology Corner, I didn't do a whole lot of
0: research. Clearly, I didn't either. But it, the the sadness is getting great reviews, and everybody should watch it. Looks great. Sorry for insensitivity. So, uh, uh, Greg, I feel better. How about you, buddy?
1: I don't know. It was necessarily insensitive. I think it was just uh, incorrect.
0: And I'm sorry for it.
1: Take it away. Um, you know, I actually had a little bit of difficulty deciding whom to apologize to uh, this week because there were kind of a lot last week. So I'm just going to, I'm picking one. One yeah. guy, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Ace Freely. I'm sorry. The end. No, I'm just That's worried. it? Mr. Ace Freely, whom we berated and defamed last episode after my illustrious co-host slept through a recent live performance. <laughs> in which Mr. Freely mumbled softly into his microphone for 45 minutes while alternating shots of whiskey and metamucil. But in all seriousness, the Space Ace was always the best and most talented member of the flashy makeup-themed circus act that has kissed the band. Which actually isn't really saying much, considering that his competition in that particular hierarchy are an adult man dressed as a cat, a chia-headed narcissist, and a quote-unquote star man with pubic hair that goes all the way up to his neck.
0: <laughs> he does have a <laughs> lot of pubes.
1: Keep on rocking, Ace. And if you were ever to accidentally hit any of the other band members with your car, I would applaud you for it. Thank you. <laughs>
0: Well, I sure feel better, Greg.
1: I'm not even sure if that was an apology, but... <laughs> nope. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for everything you did uh, back in the 70s, Ace.
0: Uh, Greg, you and I are being uh, a couple of giggle poses today, I tell you what.
1: Oh, uh, you may have noticed I've been wearing my Peter Chris face paints for this episode. I <laughs>
0: certainly have, you big old <laughs>
1: Meryl Streep-see <laughs> over there. Well, I like to think of myself as a, more of a Glenn Close, but okay, that's fine, I'll take it.
0: I don't know who has the bigger pussy, but okay.
1: That's a conversation for a different episode, and that, of course, was episode 64, let's say. Our best Go back episode. and check it out. That's when we talked about the, uh, hmm, vaginas of famous actresses.
0: I think it was episode 72.
1: I'm trying to keep it clean, but yeah, we, uh, we got into that one. Look through our catalog. It's, you know, it's all, it's all great.
0: Damn, that's Meryl.
1: Damn, that's...
0: Okay, Greg, I think it's time to get into the movie of the week where we are starting our new theme of Mumbai! Mumbai. With 2014's found footage slash not found footage? It's a little bit movie. of a hybrid, yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like a good 50-50. It's uh, an iconoclast. We are... Yeah, we're talking about 2014's The Pyramid. The Pyramid, the pyramid is definitely about a pyramid.
1: Ah! And it is directed by Gregory, love La- lava, lavette. Lava- yeah, lava, lavas lava- sewer, Lava sewer, lavasser, lavasser. S-
0: lava- uh, what is that? Is that is that Cajun?
1: French, probably.
0: Taiwanese.
1: Yeah, I'm not totally sure. Now this
0: uh this particular gentleman doesn't really have much behind his directing chops other than this movie. This is the uh,
1: only thing he's directed because he's bad at it, but has the common decency to just not do it anymore.
0: Yeah, but he is actually pretty good at writing screenplays and producing. Much better. He wrote Mirrors, mm-hmm. starring Kiefer Sutherland. He love it. produced Crawl. That's a story about an alligator. Classic. Um, wrote the screenplay for P2, the 2012 Maniac remake starring Elijah Wood. Which was not bad. Honestly, it wasn't. I, you know, I love the old. original, but the remake was, it was okay. When it comes between the two, I'm a Frank Spinell guy. Of course. Do you know that he wrote high tension? Who? Le- <laughs>
1: Greg LeV. Yeah, Greg. He, he wrote, wrote High Tension?
0: He wrote High Tension. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. And he also wrote the Hills Have Eyes uh remake. That was fine. It was a solid yeah. remake. No, no, I, I agree. I think it was a, it was a solid remake, it's not as good as the original. My opinion of him is
1: changing quickly by the minutes.
0: My opinion of him is that he's not good at directing, but he's really good at writing.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah, And I appreciate the fact that he understands that as well.
0: I'm going to say that the movie probably would have been better if it was directed by somebody else.
1: Oh! The way I would describe this one is the Blair Witch Project meets The Descent, minus anything resembling a compelling story, and with a budget made up entirely of Burger King coupons. Wow, okay, my
0: way of describing this movie is Grave Encounters meets National Treasure.
1: Minus Nicolas Cage, plus Johnny Five. He was not that. Three times your are had by all.
0: <laughs> all right, my man. Before we get uh, head too deep into this shit, why don't we go into my favorite part of the show. What's that? Our
1: ragtag list of characters, baby. All right, here we go with the cast. First up, we have Miles Holden. Miles Holden? And I had to resist every temptation I had to refer to him as Holden Caulfield. Because he thinks you're a phony. We're all phonies. Everyone's a phony. Must kill John Lennon! Imagine a world without John Lennon! Kill John Lennon! This
2: book is filthy, inappropriate, and made a guy shoot the king of hippies! Can we please read this right
1: now? So Miles Holden is an archaeologist, a cautious professional, an old-school Luddite, a low-key mummy, a hieroglyphics expert, a shit heart, and a real Dr. Grant type. Oh, he's a total Dr. Grant, but even more annoying
0: than Dr. Grant himself. For those of you that don't actually know who this is, this is... Wesley Willis. Is it Wesley Willis? This is played by Dennis O'Hare. For those of you who don't know who that is, he's the guy who's burnt up like Freddy Krueger in uh, American Horror Story, the Murder House season, which is the first season, probably the best season. Oh, what is that guy. He's also in True Blood. I'm pretty sure he played the blood. Did he play the blood? Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. I'm sure he's popped up in other horror shit, but you know what? Who cares? He gets bored in this movie. He can go fuck himself.
1: He's like Dr. Grant without all the hatred of children, which honestly I don't approve of.
0: Kind of hates his daughter a little bit, but loves to hate her, I guess. I don't know.
1: Speaking of his contentious relationship with his daughter, next up we have Blondie, a.k.a. Nora. No, she could call me. Call me! Anytime. That's good. That's good that you said that. Thank you. She is, of course, Holden's hot daughter. She is brave, adventurous, bubbly, but dedicated. She's a modern archaeologist who embraces the future.
0: This is Ashley Hinshaw. Uh, She's also
1: in True Blood, Mm.
0: where she plays as Suki Stackhouse's sister-in-law. You know what? It doesn't fucking matter.
1: I'm starting to wonder... If Gregory (laughs) Levitt just kind of hung out on the set of True Blood, passing out flyers and just asking if anybody wanted to be in his movie. Yeah, probably. Me thinks you're right. Was he like the best boy grip in True Blood? And he was like, hey, I'm making my own shit here. It's about a pyramid. You guys see the hills have eyes? I wrote that. I will give you this entire handful of Burger King coupons if you star in my movie. I've got a bunch of these
0: garbage pail kid cards. (laughs) Ashley Hinshaw was like, whoa, really? Does
1: it have Bob the Boogery? She's like, I have everybody from the Burger King Kids Club toy series, but you've got Wheeler. (laughs) So maybe we can make a deal. Okay. So next up, we have Sonny, who is an ambitious journalist, an inquisitive mind, an intrepid reporter, a documentarian, a pro rock climber, big old bag of cat food, and a person who is not so great under pressure. This is Christina Nicola, who's <laughs> a, a best known for this role, and another movie called The Lollipop Man. And she's basically the April O'Neill of this movie.
2: Alrighty,
1: so then we have Zahir, who is the tech guy. Za Where? Za There? Za Who? Zahir and now. He is a big old pervert, a Robophile a responsible equipment renter, a crushable weak-boned leg-breaker, and a human water balloon. This is Amir K., who's best known
0: for his uh, various roles in the hit TV series, Mad TV.
1: Oh, I thought you were going to say True Blood.
0: Oh, (laughs) no, no, not this one. Uh, He's basically a stand-up comedian who just pops up in
1: random shit, like the Pyramid. I feel like he really craved Burger King the weekend that somebody (laughs) approached him (laughs) with a contract to star in this movie.
0: How hungover do you have to be to actually crave Burger King? I never just say to myself, you know what I want right now? A shit fuck whopper saturated in mayonnaise.
1: (laughs) Burger King is one of those 2 a.m. I'm coming back from the bar. I just saw a show, whatever. I need some quick ass food before I go to sleep. I'll tell you that Whopper satisfies every time, and oh, this is not related at all to our recent sponsorship contract with Burger King,
0: who are paying us in uh, Burger King burgers and trading cards from the Burger King kids called. Did
1: you just say Burger King? Looks like we just got paid, motherfucker. I heard you say Burger King. Burger what? I think they said what like like ten times in the in the contract. Ten
0: times. Ten times an episode. Yeah. Okay, Burger King. Burger King. Burger King. Burger King. This is what we've become.
1: We stole your shit, Lavasseur. (laughs) Lavasseur. They're our franchise now.
0: You're all my franchise now.
1: So last but not least, we have a little British boy named Fitzy. Oh, little Frecy. What? 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 what, He is the cameraman, a quiet pessimist, a nervous Nelly, a constant complainer, a clumsy jackass, an accidental murderer, and a soft-headed James Buckley, who's from Croydon.
0: Let me say that again. This town is called Croydon. That is the
1: most British-sounding town on Earth.
0: It, it, it totally is. It's a, it's that very cockney part of England, and he has the most disgusting British accent I've ever heard. It's more disgusting than Adele's.
1: Most famous for his work in the Inbetweeners series, where he plays a uh, sex-hungry teenager. Oh, yeah, Jay Cartwright. Oh! He's also... Yeah, you know what? This is the
0: only thing that's not British that he's been in. Everything else is straight-up British bullshit, uh, including Doctor Who, where he plays a little British fuck named Nevy, which he totally looks like a Nevy, he totally looks like a Chewy,
1: but more importantly, he's a Fitzy. Oh, little Fitzy! You mentioned Doctor Who. I've always kind of wondered... Why did they name him Doctor Who? Like who's not like a last name for any respectable person? like what like what's that all about? Uh, are we gonna do a bit right now? I'm just trying to piss off the fans of Doctor Who. I, I
0: feel like it's kind of like a Abbott and Costello bit. It's like, who's the doctor? Oh, Doctor Who. Yeah. No, yes, that's what I said. I said uh, who is the doctor? Hey Greg, are you the manager?
2: Yes, I am. You gonna be the coach too? Absolutely. And you don't know the fellow's names. Well, I should. Well then, Doctor Who's on first? Yes. I mean the fellow's name. Doctor Who? The guy on first! Doctor Who. The first baseman! Yeah! Doctor Who! The guy playing! Doctor Who is on first! First. I'm asking you who doctor who's on first yeah That's the doctor's name. That's Doctor Who's name? Yes. Well, go ahead and tell me. That's it. That's Doctor Who? That's Doctor Yes. Look, you got a first baseman. Soitnly. Doctor Who's playing first? That's right. When you pay off the first baseman every month, Doctor Who gets the money? Every Doctor dollar of it. All I'm trying to find out is the fellow's name on first base. Doctor Who. The guy that gets? That's it. Doctor Who gets the money? He does. Every dollar. Sometimes his wife comes down and collects it. Doctor Who's wife? Doctor Who's Yes. (sighs) What's wrong with that? Look, all I want to know is when you sign up the first baseman, how does he sign his name? Doctor Who. The guy! Doctor Who! How does he sign? That's how he signs his name. Doctor Who? Yes. All I'm trying to find out is what's the guy's name on first base. No, what is on second base? I'm not asking you who Doctor Who's on second. I'm telling you Doctor Who's on first. One base at a time. Well, don't change the players around. I'm not changing nobody. Hey. Take it easy, buddy. I'm only asking you, Doctor Who's the guy on first base! That's right. Okay. All right. What's the guy's name on first base? No. What is on second? I'm not asking you, Doctor Who's on second! Doctor Who's on foist! I don't know! I know you don't know, he's on thoid! We're not talking about him. Now how do I get on third base?
1: Oh, well if you really want to know, I think I would give you a little advice on that one, buddy. You're going to need some roofies and some alcohol and... Uh... All right, we all get it. It's the fucking Doctor Who bit. The the who's on first bit from the Jeffersons. That's what we're going for. Fucking perfect. Yeah, that bit from American Dad, right? So remember that time I said last but not least, Fitzy was our final character. I lied. What? Yeah. He's on
0: second. Oh, you
1: son of a bitch. Ooh. We've got one more, and his name, or its name, or their name, is Shorty, a.k.a. Wally or Johnny Five. This is the curious but intrusive camera robot. He is 40 feet tall, 31 tons, a 500 horsepower turbocharged chick magnet with jaws of steel, two front mounted 20 gallon flamethrowers and claws that can grip with 24,000 pounds of crushing force. He is the Robosaurus. (laughs)
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize Michael Bay did the pyramid. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah,
1: but they just called him Shorty.
0: All right, my friend, let's get into the fucking movie itself. All right,
1: Uh, well. 2014's The Pyramid. Let's have it. We open in Cairo, Egypt, 2013 AD, where a team of American archaeologists have discovered a new, new pyramid under the sand. Yeah, and
0: apparently Cairo, Egypt is an absolute fucking nightmare.
1: Complete civil unrest ensues. And a film crew helicopters their way to the dig site to document this incredible discovery. I always forget that
0: Egypt with the pyramids and shit isn't actually all of Egypt. Oh, yeah. That it's actually a fucking war zone the Yeah, the, the pyramids
1: actually take up a very small uh, geographical space. It's like someone's backyard. The special thing about this new pyramid, though, is that it is a tetrahedron. The ultimate three-dimensional triangle. Or the four-sided die for all of you nerds out there. Four-sided die? What are you talking about? This pyramid had three sides. It was, uh, you know, one more on the bottom, though. Kind of the floor of the pyramid. It might have just been sand. I don't exactly know how this works.
0: nobody, Nobody counts that.
1: I'm just trying to make it relatable for all the, you know, the role players out there.
0: Oh, yes, there's a lot of them.
1: A satellite scan shows that this pyramid's dimensions are approximately 600 feet on each side. Seems pretty big to me. That's a big pyramid. Hey! But what's more important is that they discover a tunnel leading straight to it. Thank God. God is dead! Sonny the Journalist interviews the Holdens who argue like a married couple over the use of space age technology at the dig site. And this is what I'm referring to when I say that a satellite scan shows them everything. They are using computers. They are using satellite uplinks. They're scanning the ground. This is like uh, anyone who's seen Jurassic Park. And you remember when they just shot that bullet right into the ground to kind of see what was down there? Oh, yeah. That's all in the past, my friend. Nowadays, we communicate with pyramids from space. Yeah, but Papa Holden, he doesn't like
0: this fancy, smashy technology. He likes the old ways of archaeology, yep. the Indiana Jones ways, ways, the dirt, the grit. I like, I like dirt in my fingernails. Mm-hmm. While his daughter, on the other hand, is like, Dad, you are so living in the past because we got fancy satellites now that could show us everything. Why don't we look at this dig site through my phone? Is
1: there an app for that?
0: Meanwhile, her poor dad still has those clamshell
1: phones. That night, Zaheer does us all a favor and spies on Nora with Shorty the camera robot as she changes her clothes in her tent. And I just want to give
0: everyone a heads up right now. This is the Mm -hmm. most skin you are going to see throughout Mm -hmm. the movie. Spoiler alert, the monster at the end shows more skin than this chick. Instead, it was side boob and granny panties.
1: I crave more, Greg. Craig. Well, you're going to have to go unsatisfied for this uh, this entry because The Pyramid, 2014, directed by Gregory Levis Leves- 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 Not so big on the tittery.
0: Not at all. I don't know if he thought he was going to make money off this movie by not having tittery in it. Uh,
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't going to happen. No. No, it certainly wasn't. This movie's a flop.
1: hmm So Nora catches Zaheer spying on her with a robot, and he drives it outside to meet some of the other members of our crew who are hanging out by a fire pit for the night. Zaheer explains that everything Shorty records is sent back to their command center and saved. So the next day, a major discovery is made in the form of a passageway into the secret tunnel. This scene is actually awesome. This is actually one of my
0: favorite parts of the movie.
1: Yeah, it's one of the better shot scenes. It's one of the more dynamic scenes. It's one of the more atmospheric scenes. It's almost like a red shirt from
0: Star Trek, Star Trek, Star Trek to open up the tunnel.
1: Everyone rushes over to observe the door as it is opened. As they break in, an explosion of noxious green mummy gas fucks up the workers and seems to turn one of them into like a zombie or like a mummy or like is an I, egyptian I just, zombie just a mummy i'm actually not totally clear on this i concept. don't i yeah probably I, I, yeah okay that makes sense like Egyptian if you're a, zombies are zombies mummies if you're a zombie in egypt or maybe even just anywhere in the desert you're a mummy
0: wasn't there a king diamond song uh, about
1: mummies oh curse of the pharaohs that's what it was oh yeah i think there was also a uh iron maiden album themed around mummies yeah. power slave good stuff great stuff little insensitive culturally but it's It's okay they're british oh (laughs) Mm. you ever hear a
0: british guy say the n-word it's adorable
1: can you do a quick impression of that for me (laughs) (laughs) for the audience (laughs) oh wow that was uh that was rough (laughs) oh will thank you to never say that word again i can't run
0: for office now not in britain anyway so he's totally zombified, mummified, whatever. That green obnoxious gas really, really, really fucked him up. His eyes turned white. Mm-hmm. He's foaming, frothing at the mouth. All kinds of fucked up. But that's where Dr. Trueblood Holden says that uh, apparently that gas was just uh, toxic oxygen because it's been trapped for thousands of years.
1: Yeah, it's just mummy gas. No big deal. Yeah, He'll walk it off in no time. Yeah, so Holden and Nora, they're a little worried that now they're going to be shut down and they're going to lose their funding because, for whatever reason, a man has died on their dig. From the funk of
0: 40,000 years. For no mere mortal can resist
1: the evil of the. Uh-oh. The boss yells at them and tells them to pack their stuff up and fuck off immediately. Now, the reason why was because the U.S. government is actually
0: pulling their funding and they want them cleared out by tomorrow morning because they've been in the desert this whole time, but Mm -hmm. Cairo is an absolute war zone. I feel like this is some shit that may have happened here in America a couple years ago. Ah! So at this point, uh, uh, daughter Holden is arguing with father Holden over pulling out and leaving this exhibition. (laughs) He's like, we got to go. But she's like, no, fuck you, dad. I'm an angsty teen. We, we can't leave without a, a little bit of evidence from the
1: inside of the pyramid. This is the most important discovery in the history of mankind. They decide that they cannot give up this amazing discovery and send Shorty in to avoid fucking anyone else's lungs up with toxic gas. But guess what happens to the little Wally here? The first thing Shorty finds are a bunch of hieroglyphs that basically say leave or you're gonna die. So that's a little upsetting.
0: Yeah, it's basically like the walls are the harbinger at the gas station saying,
1: Doom! 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 doom. You're doomed. And they immediately get jump-scared by some kind of animal. I don't really know what it is, but... Uh, well, I think it's a kitty. It's probably a cat, right? That's a, that's like an Egyptian Yeah, thing. it came up and it was like... Regardless, they decide to ignore it, which I think was probably a smart move, right? I think so, because fuck whatever attacked this thing, and they're all like, oh, it must
0: have been one of those stray dogs that was running around the the fucking pyramids.
1: Yeah, because that's normal. Zahir wants to go inside to recover his expensive robot instrument, but everyone else is a little apprehensive, and there is an Egyptian army representative who basically tells them that's not going to happen. Captain Egypt
0: is very pissed off and yelling something that sounds extremely angry.
1: Did you understand what it was? I didn't understand what it
0: was. I think he was saying uh, those Burger King coupons expired. This director is fucking you. Greg Lovacensian is completely screwing everyone over. Go back to True Blood. Make your money. You go back to doing stand up. Uh,
1: and you go back to England, you me bastard. The general gist of what he's saying is that they need to pack their shit up and get their asses out of the desert ASAP. That also means ASAP. But instead of listening to his words of reason, every one of our main characters decides to enter the mummy tunnel.
0: And they get... Oh, wait, too soon, too soon. (laughs) Yeah, so
1: they go into the mummy tunnel. And they don't bring a gun or anything, even though they saw an absolute threat to their robot camera. But instead of that... (laughs) they bring some string and some flares
0: because that's That's what you
1: need to scare away a mummy cat dog yeah daddy
0: daddy vampire from true blood actually makes a point of telling everyone that
1: he's taking these flares to give these dogs a real spook once you get later into the film you understand what these creatures are but at this point they're supposed to be a little bit ambiguous my initial impression was just a little bit of a uh ratma Hail the Ratma. Hail Ratma. Hail Ratma. Hail Ratma. Hail
0: Ratma. For those of you that don't know what the fuck we're talking about, go back and listen to our VHS
1: episode. Episode 50, our best episode.
0: 52. Definitely our best episode.
1: So when they finally find Shorty, he's in pieces, which we all know is a bad sign. Millions of pieces. Pieces for me. Millions of pieces. No singing for you. No singing. For some reason, they decide to climb into the ceiling to look for the rest of the robot. And I don't totally understand how they would think that he's gone up there, but this is what they do.
0: I tell you what, Greg, the logistics behind this pyramid doesn't make a lick of sense to me. I don't know who designed this. Honestly, if this pyramid was designed now, this day and age, they would tear down those walls to give it a nice open concept.
1: Well, if I had to posture a guess, it would be either the Egyptians or some ancient aliens. Probably aliens. Because it is a tetrahedron, and the Egyptians weren't exactly known for that. Three sides! So without further ado, they find a pile of ceremonial blades, and they immediately decide to bust out the blacklight to reveal gobs of mummy semen. (laughs)
0: Yeah, they went all CSI Miami on this shit. Oh, David yeah.
1: Caruso was there. Nora decides to pick up one of these blades and take it home for further analysis, quote unquote. She's trying to breed mummies, I think. Is, uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, she's got a further plan, but uh, guess what? It never comes to fruition. Nope. Spoiler. When they finally find Shorty, they realize that the floor they're standing on is about to collapse. A typical, predictable, mummy trap. Oh, absolutely a mummy trap. They try to tiptoe out of the room, but unfortunately, they all just fall into a pit. This scene was actually one of the more suspenseful
0: scenes of the movie. True. It was a real frozen lake walking across with everything cracking going to fall through to an icy death, but instead, you know, inside of a pyramid. Yeah, it took a it while, was... but
1: the result was just that they all fucking fell through. Nobody was really injured, just kidding. Except somebody was really injured, and it was Zahir.
0: Well, he's uh, he's totally fucked. He got crushed by a giant rock. Not yep. all of
1: him, just the lower half. While everybody else is regaining their senses from the fall, he's screaming bloody murder ah! about the pain in his crushed leg.
0: Ah!
1: Oh, boo, fuckity who! Ah! Turns out a giant mummy block fell on him, and he's not going anywhere. Everyone else tries to move it, but they realize quickly that they are about 15 slaves short. Not
0: funny!
1: Nora gives him a bunch of drugs to shut him the fuck up, and Sonny reveals that she's actually Spider-Man and decides to climb a crumbling vertical shaft to go get help. Yeah, she keeps talking about what a great rock climber
0: he, she is. Uh, yeah. This hasn't been mentioned at any point in this the movie. but completely came head. out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, like Randy Orton dipping out on
1: RKO on your ass. I was going to say that. So she finds an ancient Egyptian air duct up at the top of this shaft, hey. but immediately gets bored in the face by a mummy cat. She falls down this shaft on top
0: of uh, old Fitzy there, just like fucking Rey Mysterio dropping on the Miz, baby.
1: I was going to say that, too. God damn it, I
0: love wrestling. I love me a good wrestle.
1: <laughs> she lands on Fitzy's head, no injuries, literally stands right up and says, hey, that looked bad, but everything's fine. But this is about the time where Holden discovers some carvings on the wall, which he identifies as a warning. Nora argues that they should probably press on, even though Holden thinks that this is a bad idea. They all take their masks off and notice it's really fucking stinky in this room. Yeah, it turns
0: out it smells like shit. Not just any shit, mummy shit.
1: Mummy shit. And that's like, that's the worst, oldest, ancientest, petrified kind of shit. Yeah. So they split, leaving Zahir alone in the dark with a giant fucking mummy block on his leg, with just a hatchet to defend himself.
0: But they assure him that he's going to be just fine. They'll be back in a minute. No oh, big yeah. deal. Why not? You know, just, just relax. Here, they, they hand him a cell phone. They say, here, play some Candy Crush. Yeah. I think Candy Crush was the style of the time back in 2014.
1: We're taking all uh, the lights with us. We're taking everything with us. But we'll bring back help. We promise. Just, uh, you know, there was a monster uh in the room above you. That's not a problem. You just take this hatchet. You'll be fine. Yeah. No worries. Turns out that was a big mistake because almost immediately they hear Zaheer behind them in the room getting fucked up by a zombie cat. Getting fucked up by something. They don't actually
0: show it. We hear a lot of screaming going on. So the two Holdens, the father-daughter team, Team Holden, they run back to Zaheer. Meanwhile, our Fitzy and Sonny, they're kind of off doing their own bullshit because they think that Captain Egypt is down there also.
1: They're starting to wonder if this whole thing was really worth doing.
0: You know what? I'm thinking that uh, maybe at this point they're thinking it was kind of a mistake.
1: They're probably a little late on that, but yeah. Yep. When the Holdens arrive back in the room where Zaheer used to be, all they find... It's a giant pile of blood and goo, and it looks like somebody just dumped an entire kiddie pool of blood on the floor. His body's gone. There's no trace of him. He's dead forever. Dead
0: forever!
1: Honestly, he was kind of useless at this point, anyway. Uh, yeah, all he did was cry about that robot. Sonny and Fitzy are losing faith in this expedition quickly. They suspect that Miles has been lying to them the whole time about their objective, And they think that he's leading them to their deaths. It's at this point where Sunny,
0: the reporter lady, has one of the most incredible meltdowns I've ever seen. Oh my
1: god, yeah. She completely loses her shit. She screams in in Papa Holden's face. It was great. She is tired of his nonsense, and she just wants to get out of here. She's in full panic mode. (laughs) So they decide there's only one direction to head in. And it is yet another mummy shaft. They're crawling, they're on their bellies, wiggling through what is basically the air duct in Die Hard. Uh, See, you go that, I'm thinking more the air duct in Aliens. Regardless, they quickly realize that they are being followed by this creature. An epic chase ensues as they shimmy through the mummy tunnel. But they are finally rescued by none other than Captain Egypt. Or Shadid, whatever you want to call him. He's a fucking soldier. And he's been in this tomb the whole time just waiting for them to show up. Right now, I want to point out that this is a pretty
0: okay guy. The fact that he went in there after them.
1: Yeah, solid moral compass. By
0: himself, dude. Armed only with an AK-47 and a, uh, I want to say, a 9mm side piece.
1: They all fall out of the tunnel. He sticks the barrel of this rifle straight in the face of these mummy cats and he starts blasting. Oh, God damn, does he ever. But he does make a fatal mistake by moving his pelvis way too close to this waist level mummy air shaft.
0: Well, I think maybe he was thinking he was going to get a little sucky sucky. Like I said, fatal mistake. So he gets sucked through this glory hole, bent in half backwards, Friday the 13th, part 6 style. He gets bored by
1: a pair of mummy arms. Oh, yeah, he does.
0: I think it's safe to say that uh, Captain Egypt is dead forever at this point.
1: Fuck. Can you dig it? So in response to this, the rest of our heroes turn off all of their lights. Which I think was kind of funny. Because they're trying to hide in the dark as if this fucking mummy monster, or whatever it is, we don't know yet, wasn't just born to the darkness no one cared who i was till i put on the
0: nobody acknowledges the fact that this guy got ripped in half
1: Mm -hmm. he's just gone
0: dragged through the shaft they don't even mention that
1: i think they didn't really like him too much from the beginning oh it's because he was so angry he was the guy that was trying to get him to just not go in there in the first place oh the guy that was trying to prevent all this bullshit from happening yeah okay The fact that he actually sacrificed himself for them is pretty noble. Pretty
0: noble. Yeah, but instead of grabbing his guns or anything like that, they run into another room where they set off another mummy trap. Where the room actually seals shut behind them, and sand starts to fill the room, much like the last movie reviewed, The Omen
1: 2, Damien. Holden fucks with a counterweight, which slams the door shut behind them. And here comes the sand! Here comes the sand again. They run to the end of this sand-filled tunnel, where Fitzy accidentally pushes Sonny into a spike pit. Just like Mortal Kombat! What the fuck? Why is this even a plot point? Why does this even happen? This fucking doofus slams into her back and mushes her right into a pit of spikes okay nobody
0: and i mean nobody in this movie got it worse than Sonny. yeah i feel so bad for her because she did absolutely nothing wrong she should have probably been the final girl because the daughter daughter holden was the one that got everybody into this mess in the first place Mm -hmm. she should have gotten it the worst poor Sonny, she got the worst type of bore so she's
1: in this pit she gets screwed over by the biggest idiot in this movie
0: (laughs) She has a spike going through her lung, a spike going through her leg. Somehow she survives, and then, lo and behold, what happens? She gets fucking bored by a pile of Egyptian mummy mummy cats. cats.
1: She is quickly being eaten alive by a bunch of these hairless mummy rat cats. The Ratma. But the worst part about this is is that the mini-Ratma's...
0: They're not even going for her neck, ending her misery. They're just nibbling on her fingers and her fucking hips and her thighs, just like the way the cats
1: chewed on Michelle Pfeiffer in Batman Returns. But Holden heroically chases them off with one of his flares. And uh, at this point, we're kind of glad that he brought those, right? He doesn't really have like any other weapons. He's just got a bunch of fucking flares. Hey man, that's flare number one. But everyone comes down into the spike pit and just try their best at lifting Sonny off of these spikes. It does not work. Fitzy is complaining. He's, he's acting like, oh, maybe we can get her leg out of this. Maybe we can fucking do anything to make her survive. He's clearly feeling guilty about his fuck up. But uh, yeah, they fuck it all up and she dies. They make it so much worse. So she's still alive
0: and they start to pull her out and she is screaming. And Fitzy is crying. The best thing to do at this point is to just bash her fucking head with a skull. This is literally the scene in me, myself, and Irene with the cow that they hit with the car, where they start shooting it and he chokes it out and starts suffocating it and still alive. This poor fucking woman goes through so much. They're gonna kill that poor woman.
1: Yeah, she uh really didn't deserve to die this way. No. They're gonna kill that poor woman. But she does, and that's on you,
0: Fitzy. Way to go, Fitz. You piece of shit. I'm not a doctor, but I'm pretty sure that if you remove her from those spikes, she's gonna bleed out and die. I mean, you got yourself, like, some pretty smart people in that room right now. Sonny's dead forever. Go fuck yourself, Sonny. You didn't deserve it.
1: Right about now is when they all realize that Miles has been infected by the mummy gas. (laughs) The masks may have slowed it down, but they're really pretty much fucked. They're pretty much fucked because they
0: took all the masks off because they're all stupid. And also, I feel like this was something that they forgot about. I feel like maybe this was left out of the script, and as they were filming, they were just like, Oh yeah, by the way, you guys are getting affected by the air in here.
1: Well, regardless, they end up back in the room where Shadid got bored. Yeah, whole circle. Whole circle. And for some reason, they find the remnants of Shorty here. They just appeared. I don't know if this is like a supernatural thing or what. Yeah, but old Fitzy, he,
0: he, he, he's been to Radio Shack a few times in his day. And he decides to go over there
1: and straight up MacGyver it. Well, he knows that he can take the battery out of one device and put it in another. And they use this method to send a message to the outside world. That's where Papa Holden gives a, gives a broadcast that is very
0: stale, very boring and also kind of seems very fake. If I was on the outside watching this, I would think this was just a fake-ass viral video, baby.
1: And it's very obvious that he's most of a zombie at this point. Yeah, he's,
0: he's, uh, definitely about 60-40 now. But guess what? Right after they're done with this video, Papa Holden, he goes over to a wall, looks at some hieroglyphics, touches some shit, and bingo, bingo, zappo? It's a trapdoor! But a good trapdoor, one of those ones that slip to the side like in those fancy mansions, like
1: in the movie Clue. They find a secret mummy tunnel full of ominous skull carvings and corpses. And Fitzy notices that he also has a serious case of MRSA on his arm. That's quite the pickle. They come upon the rotten husk of a fellow Tomb Raider, who they immediately recognize as a Freemason.
0: Yeah, right away, It's uh, he's wearing one of those Freemason rings. I mean, I know they were a big thing 100 years ago or so. But nowadays, if you wear a Freemason ring, chances are
1: <laughs> you're just a douche. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can, uh, you can donate $20 to any Freemason Lodge and get one of those rings lately. Doesn't exactly make you special. Doesn't I'm make you a member sure. of a secret society. No, you can get a Freemason ring from your local flea market. You can get a Freemason ring. From your local pawn shop. You get a Freemason
0: ring at the bottom of a Cracker Jack box.
1: You get a Freemason ring by digging up the corpse
0: of a Civil War soldier. You know what, rummage through your dead grandpa's bedroom, you're gonna find a Freemason ring.
1: You can get a Freemason ring from inside the womb of your deceased (laughs)
0: grandma. Turns out my grandma's Meryl Streep.
1: A real Glenn Close when it comes to the masonry.
0: It's so easy to find shit in there, though. You just shake her and shit falls out. She's like a salt shaker.
1: It's rings and chains and...
0: Copy of soul (laughs) play. And then after they, uh, admire the Freemason's ring, they discover a journal! This is almost like a scene from a video game where you pick up a journal from a dead corpse and start reading it. It's titled from 1897. All this journal
1: says is that, uh, he got bored. He got bored, but more importantly, he came in through a very specific tunnel, (laughs) which they recognize as the only way out. He came straight to the burial chamber, which is just bad luck for any Freemason out there. If you're gonna rob a grave, you don't want to go right to where the fucking mummies are. No, you want to go where uh, the mummies aren't. There's always a room full of fucking gold. Totally, just
0: like the Indiana Jones movie. But at this point, Papa Holden, he decides that he has a plan. And that plan, Greg, is... To get totally fucked from behind, because Anubis's arm shoves right through his back, through his breast cage, his breastplate, ripping his heart out of the back.
1: Papa Holden gets bored. You say breast cage?
0: I did say breast cage. I was thinking.
1: Uh, uh... Well, Miles gets his heart bored out from his breast cage by a giant mummy claw, which turns out it belongs to none other than. A terribly CGI'd Enyubis.
0: Oh, good lord! The CGI in this is worse than the monsters from Mortal Kombat Annihilation.
1: Yeah, the the Relic uh-huh. Spawn. It, yeah. It's 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 bad. But you know what's important about this scene? Yeah, it's that Miles is dead forever. Oh, thank God! Gone, out of the movie, never to return.
0: Which is fun about this scene is that
1: my the actor who plays Miles Holden
0: actually kills somebody in True Blood on uh, on the news i think it is in the mm-hmm. same manner
1: yeah he's a heart ripper
0: just like the lead singer of judas priest
1: It's better than the lead singer of nxs
0: all that we have left now is the hot daughter
1: and the most annoying person in the fucking movie fitzy so nora and fitzy decide it's time to escape good choice kids fitzy decides to grow some balls and face off against this dangerous beast and leaves nora alone in the dark like a bastard
0: which is so stupid, because Nora is clearly horny as fuck at this point. If I was Fitzy, I would try to get right. before they buy Anubis. But instead, he decides to go off and face him himself.
1: Maybe don't emphasize that point. He finds an Anubis monster face melting the bloody husk of Miles Holden. But the crazy part about this is, is the fact that Anubis is
0: holding Miles Holden's heart in his hand, and Holden. Miles Holden. Holden is- right (laughs) he's actually holding on for dear life anubis has to do this thing where he weighs the heart uh, on the scale and it has to equal the soul of miles holden and miles holden is actually still alive during this much like that poor individual from indiana jones in the temple of doom but it turns out that his heart weighs more than his soul so anubis then
1: eats the heart of miles holden Killing him forever. And Fitzy somehow avoids a grisly death at the hands of this Anubis monster. He sulks back into the shadows with his lights off, finds Nora. And this is a little bit strange because Fitzy insensitively shows her a video of her father's soul sliding on down to mummy hell as Anubis devours his heart. Maybe don't do that.
0: Hey, Nora, you want to see this real fun TikTok I found? By the way,
1: it's your dad
0: getting his heart eaten by Anubis.
1: She surprisingly takes it in stride and reveals that this was Anubis doing the old Egyptian mummy test, as you described. If his heart was the wrong size, if it didn't weigh exactly what it was supposed to, he fails. And guess what? He failed. Oh, he
0: failed. And also at this point, young daughter Holden explains that the Anubis is half man and half oh. Jackal. Oh. Which also I gotta tell you, man, for huh. Anubis being stuck down here for what? Uh he hasn't had uh any company since eighteen ninety seven. He's being awfully rude. Maybe he lost his house manners, you know, just like, oh hey guys, come on
1: in, let me put the kettle on. Uh don't have
0: any T V, but I got Jenga.
1: Do you think uh Anubis played Jenga? Yeah, Egyptian, I bet he played. Egyptian Jenga.
0: Yeah. And then uh, he put on that one song by uh, that one band, uh, Walk Like an Egyptian. Oh, the Bangles. The Bangles
1: were notorious whores. Best kind of whore, really. So right about now, an informative wall tells them that Anubis is looking for a pure heart to devour so he can ascend to an eternal sky party with Osiris, who is his... Creator slash father slash god? They're a little fast and loose at the Egyptian mythology in this film.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, what would we say? Not accurate.
1: Uh, bullshit. Yeah, that's that's what you usually would call it. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But but you know what? It's a three-sided pyramid, so it's all good.
1: A tetrahedron. So our yep. heroes ascend yet another long vertical
2: shaft. Shaft. <laughs> yeah.
1: They're on their way out. They are ready to get out of this fucking tetrahedral pyramid. We think they're going to make it. Everything's going fine. They're climbing a ladder. It's great. When Fitzy gets bored, Anubis shows up, the Egyptian god of fucking up your day. He pops in and bores Fitzy into the afterlife. And then after Fitzy gets dragged to hell, He gets his head crushed in one giant stomp. And Anubis ties Nora up for a nice ceremonial heart eating. And Anubis really takes his sweet ass time performing the ritual. And I have to say the CGI here is fucking terrible. The only reason they got (sighs) away with it earlier in the film is because it was in quick glimpses, quick shots. You didn't really see a whole lot of these monsters. You didn't see a whole lot of Anubis. But once you see him for, you know, more than two or three seconds at a time, it is total garbage. It is complete crap CGI. Yeah,
0: it is.
1: Took me out of the movie. Ruined the fantasy for me forever.
0: This part actually kind of killed it for me, too. I completely Uh agree with you. I would have liked, because there was a shot where it was a side profile where it was just Anubis' face Uh in Nora's face. And I would preferred like it's just, it just your uh you know practical effects right there you didn't have to cgi that whole thing they could have designed something and that would have been oh god way better than what we got here yep. a lot of before when they showed anubis it was under night
1: vision like quarantine so they kind of blur the lines between reality and cgi exactly they had a little bit of leeway there yeah but at this point he's full on he's visible he's dumb looking He's he's shiny in all the wrong ways but this is where Anubis gives in to his baser urges and spends just a little too much time groping Nora's bosoms. Yep. This gives her the opportunity to escape using the ceremonial blade that she picked up earlier in the film. And I have to say, you know, a nice little bit of reincorporation. Didn't yeah. expect this movie to be quite so cohesive with the plot, but here we are. Yeah. Anubis gets gangbanged into a quivering pile by the remaining mummy cats. Which was very fucking confusing. Why did the cats turn on him? Yeah, I didn't really get that myself. Didn't get it at all. But it gives Nora the opportunity to escape through the Mason Gray Robber's tunnel. It's a finale that's sure to make you smile because she is rescued by a little Egyptian kid who notices that she has some mummy pus scars on the side of her face she's turning into a fucking egyptian zombie he looks over what does he see anubis it's just a fucking violent ending for everybody fuck you he, tetrahedron yeah. fuck you pyramid they all get anubis to hell we get new metalled into the end credits and it's the end <laughs>
0: Yeah, I could have really done without that new metal song at the end of the movie.
1: Oh my god, yeah. Uh,
0: I could have done without that fucking CGI. I could have done without that weird that weird face turn that the, the Egyptian cats had. I, I didn't get that. I don't know if it's because Anubis was injured at that point. The cats were like, alright, our time to shine. Or maybe they were just like, hey, you know what, let's help this chick. And they gave her like a thumbs up. They
1: always hated Anubis since 2000 years ago.
0: Maybe that's what it was. He's a terrible roommate. He's kind of a dick. He walks around like he fucking owns the place. He uses Uh, all the toilet
1: paper, doesn't
0: replace it. He leaves a trail of laundry to the fucking washer. I mean, God, the guy's a fucking pig. Drinks your Uh, beer,
1: never buys his own. I
0: watched this movie when it very first came out in 2014. Okay. Uh, I actually, I picked it up for family video. I thoroughly enjoyed it when I first watched it. I know, Greg, I kind of hyped this up to you. Watching it again, I... Oh, fuck, man. This movie sucked. I've learned Uh, to
1: never trust your opinions.
0: Uh... But uh, I'm giving this movie two out of five scaries. You already lost a star because of the lack of nudity. There is a decent amount of gore. It is not rewatchable at all. You know uh, what? Your heart says two,
1: <coughs> but that hat says three.
0: <sighs> fuck. All right, two and a
1: half. Fair enough. We'll compromise.
0: I'll meet you halfway, baby. Beautiful.
1: Two and a half stars. The Pyramid.
0: Check it out if you're a big fan of ancient Egypt and don't give a fuck about facts
1: or history. And if you love tetrahedrons, that's also going to work for you. There
0: you go. Greg, how you feel about this, baby? I loved it. I thought oh. this was
1: one of the greatest found footage films of our time. 2014, you know? I was born in fucking 2004, so this was, like, perfectly in line with my personal development, my personal uh, journey through the horror genre. You got some robots. You got sand. I don't like sand. You got sand. It's all right. The whole fucking mummy claws. Cat monsters, man. Fucking cat monsters everywhere. Gets everywhere. The D-bag Dr. Grant type got killed. Daughter got killed at the end. Turned into mummies. You never, you, really uh, kind of a pessimistic ending. You did mention the lack of tittery. I didn't think that was a problem. Five out of five. Five out of five. Yeah, solid score. Good job, Greg. Early, uh... This might be the best tetrahedron film ever made. And you can quote me on that.
0: Okay, sure. You're probably right, man. Well, anyways, there's our take on 2014's The Pyramid. I hope you enjoyed it. Incredible. Hope you enjoyed the episode. This is our start up to Mummy. 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 I know we had to deal with some ghosts in the studio, but baby, we're gonna be coming in hot, hard, and heavy next week. But Daddy, what are you feeling about next week? What are you thinking?
1: I would love to just do another movie that has mummies in it. Actually. Uh, You know what? Actually, kind of dropped the ball on this one. There wasn't a single fucking mummy in it. That's not true. No, there was a fucking cat monsters. You know what? If it's in a pyramid and it's been dead for a while, it's a fucking mummy.
0: You know what? (laughs) I'm with you on that.
1: Next week, tune in. We'll be
0: having our uh, our special guest joining us, Brendan Fraser. And uh, you know what? In
1: closing, Greg? I'm kind of worried that Tom Cruise is going to show up, to be honest.
0: That guy—he's been calling us. I don't want to deal with him.
1: Love each other. <laughs> but most importantly,
0: oh, keep, keep. it spooky. Okay. Now. damn that's
2: scary
0: oh man greg you and i are being uh, a couple of giggle pusses today i tell you what pussy cat, pussy cat, I love you.
2: hey take it easy buddy Fuck.